My name is Michael Maffei. I'm a professor of medicine and anesthesia at UCSF. I work with Dr. Calfee, and I will now discuss the details of our preclinical work that has led to our efforts to use mesenchymal stem cells for, as a novel treatment for the acute respiratory distress syndrome. As Dr. Calfee explained, mesenchymal stem cells or mesenchymal stromal cells have a, a history of being potentially capable of reducing inflammation and enhancing repair in the lung. And they work by multiple mechanisms, which is why we thought that they may have relevance for patients with ARDS. I'll show you data from our experiments in mice that suggested they might be effective. And then additional experiments we did with the ex vivo perfused human lung to test their potential efficacy. And then finally, some studies we did in a <clears throat> severe lung injury model in sheep over a 24-hour period of time. And then I'll describe to you the work we're doing now to test and translate these cells for therapy in patients with ARDS. Now, this slide you've already seen in terms of the injury to the lung that occurs in patients with ARDS, where there's an accumulation of protein-rich edema fluid in the air spaces that is accompanied by injury to the endothelium and the epithelium of the lung associated with a large number of inflammatory cells. Now, on the left side of this slide, you can see the mechanisms by which we anticipate mesenchymal stem cells might be effective in reducing the injury and also enhancing repair. We believe they have anti-inflammatory properties. They can restore endothelial and epithelial barrier integrity. They can enhance the clearance of the edema fluid from the lung. They also have antimicrobial properties, as I will show you. They also decrease the death of some of the endogenous cells in the lung. And they work by both cell contact-dependent and independent mechanisms. Now, the early work on mesenchymal stem cells and lung injury was prompted really by decades of work that go back to the original discovery of the mesenchymal stromal cells by Dr. Friedenstein in 1968. As Dr. Calfee mentioned, initial work had suggested that perhaps the mesenchymal stem cells could engraft in the lung and actually generate new alveolar epithelium. However, subsequent studies showed that that was probably not the main mechanism, but rather the release of paracrine molecules that enhanced repair. The initial mouse studies that I will show you were made possible in part by the availability of a NIH repository directed by Dr. Prokhov that supplied the bone marrow-derived mouse and human mesenchymal stem cells for our experimental studies. Our first experiments were published in 2007, and in these experiments, we tested the ability of mesenchymal stem cells to work in a severe lung injury model in mice in which a high dose of endotoxin was given into the air spaces and then was followed four hours later by either a treatment with just a placebo, PBS, phosphorobuffered saline, or actually the mesenchymal stem cells themselves. And as you can see on this figure, survival was markedly improved with the MSC treatment. This figure shows some of the histology from those lungs in which you can see in this panel, the control PBS-treated mice had considerable edema and inflammation versus the MSC-treated uh, mice over here, in which you can see the air spaces were mostly clear of fluid, and the uh, injury was markedly reduced. 
This was associated with an increase in anti-inflammatory cytokines in the mesenchymal stem cell-treated mice, as well as a reduction in the pro-inflammatory cytokines. Now, we went on then to test the potential efficacy of mesenchymal stem cells in a more clinically relevant mouse model in which we gave live bacteria into the airspace of the lung. And so, this shows the evidence that the mesenchymal stem cells markedly increase survival even in the presence of a severe injury from live E. coli. This slide, again, shows you survival on the y-axis and uh, the time and hours on the x-axis. And you can see that the mice that were treated with mesenchymal stem cells uh, had a much uh, longer and uh, better survival compared to the two control groups treated with either 3T3 fibroblasts or PBS. These experiments were very important because they modeled more closely what happens to patients. Now, these experiments uh, turned out to show a surprising and interesting result. In addition to the improved survival, we found that the number of bacteria present in the lungs at the end of the experiment was markedly reduced in the MSC-treated mice. We actually had been concerned that perhaps the MSC-treated mice might have a worse host defense against bacteria because the MSCs are immunomodulatory. And, in fact, we found the opposite. Interestingly, this was explained in part by the release of antimicrobial peptides by the MSCs themselves, which resulted in better bacterial killing in the MSC-treated mice. This slide shows the results of additional experiments we did to test the efficacy of mesenchymal stem cells and another model of infection in the mice. In this model, the infection was introduced directly into the abdomen, into the peritoneum, to simulate what may happen to patients when they have a perforated acute appendicitis or another acute abdominal emergency from infection. And in these experiments, you can see in green here that the mesenchymal stem cell-treated mice had a much better survival compared to the controls with 3T3 fibroblasts or PBS. Now, note that in these experiments, we gave human mesenchymal stem cells. And this is an interesting uh, point because it turns out we learned that either mouse or human bone marrow-derived MSCs were equally effective in treating uh, the lung injury that we produced in the mice. Further, it's important to point out that in some human studies in which mesenchymal stem cells have been given to patients for other conditions besides ARDS, we have learned that these cells are very well-tolerated immunologically because they do not express MHC class type 1 and type 2 antigens, so they are not rejected. Now, it turned out in these last series of mouse experiments that the uh, antibacterial effect was observed just like we had found in the pneumonia model with E. coli. And we discovered an additional mechanism that could be important and have clinical relevance for why the bacteria were cleared better in the MSC-treated mice. And we found in these experiments that the monocytes in the mice were able to phagocytize the... um, bacteria more rapidly compared to the two control groups. There was no difference in neutrophil phagocytosis, but, in fact, the the data surprisingly showed an enhanced phagocytosis of the bacteria by the monocytes. 
In these same experiments, we also discovered another pathway that could be important in explaining the potential beneficial effect of MSCs for treating lung injury. In uh, studies we did in these mice of the spleen, we found that the MSCs upregulated expression of two markers of the alternatively activated uh, macrophages, CD163 and CD206. These are markers of an anti-inflammatory phenotype and indicate probably that the MSCs are able to enhance the resolution of inflammation. So this slide summarizes the main results of the MSC studies in mice. First, treatment with MSCs improves survival and reduces lung injury in both endotoxin and the live bacterial models of lung injury I've shown you, both associated with reduction in the pro-inflammatory responses to endotoxin while increasing anti-inflammatory cytokines. And the antibacterial effect of MSCs in mice appears to be mediated by antimicrobial peptides and also enhanced monocyte phagocytosis. This slide shows you our ex vivo perfused human lung preparation. This is the preparation that we developed and have used to test the potential efficacy of the mesenchymal stem cells with injury in the human lung that resembles what we see in patients with ARDS. Now, these lungs are procured from brain-dead subjects in whom the families of the brain-dead subjects have given permission for the lungs to be used for first, if possible, lung transplantation, and if not, for research. So we receive the lungs to study in the laboratory if they are not suitable for lung transplantation. This slide shows you the basic setup which is that the human lung arrives in the laboratory. We cannulate the trachea and inflate it with a continuous positive airway pressure of 10 centimeters of water and give the lung 95% oxygen and 5% carbon dioxide. And then we also cannulate the pulmonary artery and perfuse it with a physiologic solution to slowly warm the lung from 4 degrees up to 37 degrees. And then the perfusate comes out through the left atrium into what's shown as the perfusate reservoir and then is recycled by a peristaltic pump. So they essentially have a perfused human lung preparation uh, with uh, uh, lung inflation so that we can actually study these lungs under pathologic conditions for a period of at least four hours and even longer if needed. This slide shows you how we adapt this lung preparation to study and test the potential efficacy of MSCs for, uh, for lung injury. Uh, there are three lobes to the right lung, shown here, the right upper lobe, the right middle lobe, and the right lower lobe. We first examine and test the ability of the right upper lobe to remove alveolar edema fluid, as I will explain to you on the next slide. If we find that alveolar fluid clearance is normal, then we go ahead and induce injury into the right middle lobe with high-dose endotoxin, similar to what we did in the mouse experiments. And then after the introduction of endotoxin, we treat the lungs with the mesenchymal stem cells themselves or the conditioned media. And as I will explain, some other experimental interventions to try to understand how the MSCs work. Now, I mentioned that I explained this measurement of alveolar fluid clearance. Dr. Calfi already referred to it in her part of the discussion. Alveolar fluid clearance is the capacity of the lung to remove the edema fluid from the airspace of the lung. And so this is a diagram to try to illustrate how we measure this experimentally. 
we instill into the right upper lobe of the human lung a 5% albumin solution, which is similar to the edema fluid that patients would develop. And then we measure the concentration of albumin in that airspace compartment. If it rises by approximately 20% per hour, then that means the salt and water is being removed across the alveolar epithelium normally by a sodium and chloride-dependent transport system. So this slide shows the effect of using the mesenchymal stem cells or mesenchymal stem cell condition media on lung fluid and protein balance in the endotoxin or LPS injured lung. On the panel A, which shows endothelial permeability, which is the leakiness of the microcirculation in the lung, you can see with LPS that the permeability increased threefold, whereas treatment with the MSCs or the condition media of MSCs returned permeability to normal when they were given one hour after the injury, and these experiments were done over four hours. In these experiments, the MSCs were given directly into the bronchus, into the distal airspaces. In the same experiments, we also found that, as shown in panel B, that the quantity of pulmonary edema, which increased in the LPS-treated lungs, was returned to normal and even to a below a normal level by the uh, conditioned media. So these were very favorable effects that suggested that the MSCs might be effective in human lung injury. In these same experiments, we explored possible mechanisms by which the MSCs worked. In order to do this, we reduced the ability of the MSCs to release a paracrine growth factor uh, known as keratinocyte growth factor. Uh, there was considerable work from our laboratory and other investigators that suggested that this growth factor could reduce lung injury. So we pretreated some of the MSCs with an sRNA strategy that reduced KGF production. And this slide shows on the y-axis alveolar fluid clearance, the ability of the lung to remove edema fluid, first under control conditions, and you can see that was approximately 20%, with the LPS, you can see that the, uh, the, the clearance went down to approximately zero. It essentially eliminated the ability of the lung to remove fluid. Whereas when the lungs were treated with the conditioned media, it came up to a normal level. When we removed the KGF from the MSCs, you can see that the beneficial effect was largely abrogated by about 70 to 80%. And if we gave actually KGF itself, as shown in the yellow panel, the alveolar fluid clearance came back to normal. So this identified one paracrine factor that was important in explaining the beneficial effect of MSCs. Now, at this point in time, we began to think that it might be possible to translate this work to patients with lung injury. But we did not have a source of clinical-grade mesenchymal stem cells until we fortunately found a... Uh, program funded by the NIH at the University of Minnesota, the Production Assistance for Cellular Therapies program. And from this program, we were able to obtain clinical-grade human bone marrow-derived MSCs, all allogeneic, for all of our subsequent preclinical studies. So I'll show you now our work that tested the ability of these cells to treat lung injury in the human lung. So the overall hypothesis is shown on this slide namely that the clinical-grade, cryopreserved, allogeneic human mesenchymal stem cells would decrease lung injury in the perfused human lung. 
much like I've shown you already, but this now is with the cell that we potentially would use in patients. And we tested whether the cells would restore alveolar fluid clearance after entry with endotoxin. And we also wanted to test if giving the cells by the intravenous route in the perfusate would be as effective as intratracheal installation. And we also wanted to test if the MSCs would home to the site of injury in the airspace of the lung. So this slide shows you alveolar fluid clearance again on the y-axis and indicates that the cells we obtained from the University of Minnesota, the allogeneic human bone marrow-derived MSCs, were effective in restoring alveolar fluid clearance when they were given intratracheally or intravenously. And you can see the control cells, normal human lung fibroblasts, had no effect. So this was encouraging. Uh, and in fact, we also found in other studies that the cells, even when they were injected intravenously, did migrate to the air spaces of the lung from the circulation. We also measured in these experiments the ability of the cells to reduce pro-inflammatory cytokines. And in this slide, you can see that the levels of interleukin-1 beta and the levels of interleukin-8 were markedly reduced in the endotoxin-injured lungs, whether we gave the cells by the IT or the IV route. So then we went ahead and tested the ability of the MSCs to work in the human lung using live bacteria as we had done in the mouse studies. And again, the hypothesis was that the cells might work to reduce lung injury even in the presence of high quantities of live bacteria. So in these experiments, we again gave the cells intratracheal or intravenous to test their respective efficacy and again, this slide shows alveolar fluid clearance on the y-axis. And you can see that the E. coli reduced alveolar fluid clearance to about 80% of normal, whereas intratracheal or intravenous MSCs restored alveolar fluid clearance to about two-thirds of normal. And the normal human lung fibroblasts had a modest effect, but not as potent as the MSCs. We then studied also how the human MSCs worked in terms of reducing inflammation in the presence of live bacteria. And we found that, as shown on this slide, that the number of neutrophils, as graphed on the y-axis, was markedly increased, as would be expected with a high dose of E. coli bacteria, whereas the intratracheal intravenous MSCs reduced the number of neutrophils dramatically. Now, it's important to know that in this perfused human lung preparation, we perfused the lungs with a 5% albumin solution, but we also added fresh blood, approximately 125 mLs, from one of us in the laboratory. So the perfused human lung contained red blood cells, white blood cells, neutrophils, monocytes, and platelets. And that's why there is a vigorous response in terms of neutrophil recruitment with the presence of the bacteria and yet a remarkable decrease in the number of neutrophils with the MSCs. This slide shows the histology and pathology from several of the human lung studies that we have done. You can see in the panel and mark control right up below that the lung actually appears completely normal, similar to what Dr. Calfi showed you in her slides with the diagram of the uninjured lung. The air spaces are not uh, injured in any way. They're air-filled. In contrast, in the E. coli pneumonia experiments, you can see that the lungs have inflammatory cells and excess fluid. When the lungs are treated with intratracheal normal human lung fibroblasts as a control, there is no, no effect 
whatsoever in terms of changing the degree of injury. In contrast, all three of the lower panels with intratracheal or two different doses of intravenous MSCs show that the degree of injury is markedly reduced and virtually returned to normal after four hours. Now, we also needed to study, as we did in the mice, the antibacterial effects of the mesenchymal stem cells. And on this slide, you can see the, that, in fact, either intratracheal or intravenous MSCs reduce the absolute bacterial counts in the injured lung. E. coli, uh, the number of E. coli in the alveolar fluid is shown on the y-axis, and you can see with intratracheal MSCs, it was reduced dramatically. And then there was a dose-dependent decrease in the number of bacteria with intravenous MSCs, similar to the findings in the mouse. We also found in the human lung preparation that part of the mechanism for this beneficial effect, as had been the case in the mice, was enhanced phagocytosis of the bacteria by monocytes and alveolar macrophages. Now, this slide uh, is designed to show you various paracrine pathways that seem to explain some of the beneficial effects of mesenchymal stem cells. I've already told you about KGF, and there are other paracrine molecules we and other investigators have studied, including, for example, angiopoietin-1, which is released in high quantities by the MSCs. There are other pathways that are important, for example, the release of interleukin-1 receptor antagonists, prostaglandins, and also, as I mentioned, antimicrobial peptides. So it seems that one major mechanism for benefit is by the release of paracrine molecules that reduce injury. Now, it also turns out that there are other studies from colleagues in the field that suggest that some of the beneficial effect may also occur by what we call cell contact-dependent mechanisms. So in this slide, I'm showing you work from Dr. Bhattacharya's group at the at Columbia University, where he found that the mesenchymal stem cells, when given directly into the airspace of the lung, attach to the alveolar epithelium by connexin 43-dependent pathways and actually delivered mitochondria from the MSCs to the injured alveolar epithelium. And the injured alveolar epithelium appears to have uh, injured mitochondria that do not perform normally, and the conclusion from his studies was that the mitochondrial transfer rescues the alveolar epithelium and allows it to function better by restoring ATP levels to a more normal level, allowing the cells to work normally, more normally for fluid transport, surfactant release, and other barrier properties. So this slide is intended to show you that there are probably two major pathways of benefit. Those that I described in more detail, the paracrine pathways, with release of molecules such as KGF, and then the cell contact-dependent pathways. Now, our job at this point was to further test in a preclinical model whether these cells would actually be safe when we gave them to patients. And in order to accomplish this, we formed a collaboration with the University of Texas, Dr. Traber's group, and tested the mesenchymal stem cells in a well-developed model of severe lung injury in sheep. This is a 24-hour model in which the sheep were given hot cottonwood smoke when they were anesthetized, and then had high doses of Pseudomonas aeruginosa, a common clinical pathogen, instilled into both lungs. And then the sheep developed severe lung injury. They require mechanical ventilation and care, just like a patient in the intensive care unit. 
And our first purpose here was to be sure that there were no safety issues when we gave these mesenchymal stem cells, again, the clinical grade cells from the University of Minnesota, to the sheep. This figure shows you cardiac output on the y-axis over time, over 24 hours. And you can see in yellow the control sheep treated with plasma light 8 alone versus a lower dose and a higher dose of MSCs. Lower dose in red and the higher dose in white. And uh, this was 5 million cells per kilogram for the lower dose, 5 million cells per kilogram compared to 10 million cells per kilogram, the doses we anticipated we might use clinically. And what you see here is the cardiac output was not different over the 24 hours in the th among the three groups. Similarly, we wanted to particularly test if there would be any adverse effects on the pulmonary circulation from giving these mesenchymal stem cells. We know from experimental studies that the MSCs largely collect and are trapped in the pulmonary circulation for several hours. They're slowly released from the lung over time, and their actual uh, half-life in the body is probably limited to no more than 7 to 14 days. Now, in these experiments, we measured the pulmonary arterial pressure, and we calculated pulmonary vascular resistance. And again, over 24 hours, you can see there was no difference among the three groups. So there were no safety issues, no indication that if we gave the MSCs into the acutely injured lung, that the, uh, that the sheep would become hemodynamically unstable. What about parameters of efficacy? Well, the most important one we follow clinically in patients is oxygenation. And this slide shows on the y-axis the PaO2, FiO2 ratio. This is a way in which we measure the degree of hypoxemia patients have. And what you can see is that all three groups had a dramatic decrease in their oxygenation over the first 12 hours. And uh, this, uh, you can focus right in here at 12 hours and see that all three groups have a PF ratio in the range of 100 to 200, which, which is very similar to what we see in patients with severe respiratory failure from ARDS. But note that the sheep that were treated with either the lower dose or the higher dose of HMSCs had a marked improvement in their PF ratio at the end of 24 hours. And uh, whereas the control group continued to decline and ended up at a much lower level. So this was encouraging because it indicated the mesenchymal stem cells could improve oxygenation. In this model, the uh, mesenchymal stem cells were given intravenously over one hour, one hour after the development of the lung injury. And finally, after the sheep were sacrificed, we measured the quantity of pulmonary edema in the lung in all three groups. And this is expressed as it was in those studies I showed you before on the human lung. On the y-axis is the wet to dry ratio. And please note that the sheep that were treated with the higher dose MSCs in the white bar had a significantly reduced quantity of pulmonary edema in the lung. So for this reason, our target dose for the clinical studies is to give patients uh, the higher dose of 10 million cells per kilogram, because it appears on the basis of this large animal sheep model that it might be more effective than even the 5 million cells. Both of them improved oxygenation, but the higher dose reduced the quantity of, of uh, pulmonary edema in 24 hours. So the conclusions from the sheep studies are summarized here. There were no safety concerns from administering human MSCs at these doses given one hour after the injury. 
There was evidence of efficacy with significantly improved oxygenation with both the lower and the higher dose MSC treatments. Pulmonary edema was less with the higher dose MSCs. Thus, as I explained, the clinical trial for ARDS is designed to test the safety and efficacy of the higher dose of MSCs. So now, how do we proceed with testing the allogeneic human MSCs in patients with ARDS? Well, the translation objective all along has been to potentially test these bone marrow-derived allogeneic cells in a clinical trial of severe ARDS. We fortunately received funding for this trial from the NIH through the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute by a U01 mechanism. Our goal was to focus the trial on safety and respiratory efficacy endpoints, such as oxygenation and pulmonary dead space fraction. And we wanted to design the trial also to test potential biologic pathways of benefit by sampling the plasma and the airspace of the lung to see if, for example, anti-inflammatory and pro-inflammatory cytokines were changed as we found in the preclinical animal studies. This slide shows our plans for the phase one and phase two trial of human mesenchymal stem cells for severe ARDS. The target population will be those patients with severe ARDS as defined by a PF ratio less than 200. The rationale here is to treat patients with a higher predicted mortality in hopes that we can reduce their mortality. For the phase one trial, we will test the safety of giving three different doses of HMSCs, one, five, or 10 million cells per kilogram. If we are successful in demonstrating safety with the highest targeted dose of 10 million cells per kilogram, then we will proceed to the phase two trial. In the phase two trial, we would treat 60 patients. A primary goal of the phase two trial is still safety, but we will also be looking at specific efficacy endpoints. In the phase two trial, there would be a two-to-one randomization in which we would treat 40 patients with the MSCs and 20 patients with placebo, and it would be double-blind. The uh, next slide shows that in the phase two trial, safety, as I indicated, is still the primary objective, although we will have secondary endpoints designed to test for potential efficacy, and we'll accomplish this by measuring oxygenation, pulmonary dead space, the ventilator-free days, mortality, systemic organ failure, as well as biologic markers that may indicate that the MSCs are effective in patients. If all of this goes well and the phase two trial shows efficacy, then potentially we could go on to do a large, pivotal phase three trial that would be designed to test the efficacy in a much larger number of patients. The uh, next slide just summarizes much of what I've shown you a roadmap for translation of human mesenchymal stem or stromal cells to clinical trials for ARDS. The work began in 2006, as I showed you, with mouse experiments, and then included the ex vivo perfused human lung experiments, uh, some rat studies I did not show you, the sheep studies that I have shown you, and then considerable work to prepare a IND, which the FDA approved and gave us our IND in January 2013. The mechanism for support for the trial, as I mentioned, is the NIH U01 grant, and we have now started the phase one trial and, in fact, have enrolled four patients so far and uh, anticipate needing to enroll nine patients in the phase one to establish safety of the doses we proposed and then to move on to the phase two trial. So, in conclusion, 
First, preclinical studies support the potential value of human MSCs to provide a novel effective therapy for severe ARDS. Future strategies may not be confined to the MSCs themselves, since paracrine products are important, as I've showed you, such as KGF, emphasizing the need to understand the cell contact-dependent and independent mechanisms in all of the studies that we do and others are carrying out. The other caveat here is that although animal models are essential to test new therapies for lung injury, it is difficult to model ARDS in the animal setting because it is a complex syndrome that includes multiple comorbidities. Patients often have liver disease, diabetes, uh, variable degrees of alcohol exposure, cigarette smoke exposure. And then there are several process of care variables that can influence the clinical outcomes, including how the patient is mechanically ventilated, fluid therapy, and vasopressors and sedatives. Dr. Calfee discussed, uh, in particular, the importance of mechanical ventilation and fluid therapy, and we're, of course, designing our current trial to standardize those in the patients in the trial. Thus, we believe that human trials are needed to test safety and efficacy and to learn more about the mechanisms of how MSCs work in patients, findings that might be of value, potentially, and even considering MSCs for the treatment of other lung diseases. I want to acknowledge the contributions of several investigators who have made this work possible, in particular, Dr. J. Wu Lee, associate professor at UCSF, who carried out the ex vivo human lung experiments, Dr. McKenna at the University of Minnesota. He and his group has pro- have provided the clinical-grade MSCs. Dr. Gupta, who is now at the Scripps Institute, did the, some of the initial work in mice. Anna Krasno-Demskaya also did some of the critical uh, uh, mouse work. Dr. Traber was a crucial collaborator at the University of Texas. And at UCSF, Dr. Kathleen Liu, Carolyn Calfee, who you've already heard today, and Dr. Jenny Wilson have made major contributions to organizing this trial and carrying it out. And of course, we're grateful to the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute for supporting the work. And most importantly, perhaps, we are grateful to the patients who consent to be part of our clinical trials and our observational studies, and of course, the nursing and respiratory staff in the intensive care units at UCSF. Thank you.